Hi, it's Eleanor, Sifted's deputy editor, with your weekly dose of the Sifted podcast. Our offices are more empty than usual because Amy and a bunch of other people from the team are in Tallinn for our first European Sifted sessions. It's a new event series that we're going to be taking around Europe. And we thought while we were there, why not record the Sifted podcast live on stage with some cool guests? So here it is. Enjoy. Welcome to the Sifted podcast, supported by our sponsors, Zendesk for Startups, and recorded today in Tallinn in Estonia. Now, everyone in the room with us here today knows what Sifted does. But for those listening, Sifted is a publication covering tech and startups in Europe. And I am Amy, Sifted's editor. And I'm Anissa. I'm a startup life reporter at Sifted. And today with us, joining us on stage a little bit later, we have Trin Hartman, who's the founder of the sustainable investment startup app Grunfin. And we have Kaidi Rusilep, who's the founder and CEO of Funderbeam, which is another investment platform, and the president of the Estonian Founders Society. So we'll be picking their brains about the businesses they've built and why Estonia is becoming a great place to run a startup. But first, Anissa, how's the day gone for you? I missed your panel on sales people in Estonia. What were the highlights from that? Yeah, so one of the conversations was that apparently Estonia has no sales people. But speaking to the panel, what they were saying was actually what they tend to do is they don't go for commercial talent that have been historically commercial talent. So they look for people who can tell the story, who maybe come from marketing backgrounds and train them up in-house. They're more interested in... How do you get people to really believe in what you're doing as opposed to the sell, sell, sell vibe that maybe we get from the US market? What about you? I really enjoyed you speaking to the former president of Estonia. It's pretty exciting. It's a little bit scary. She's clearly very stage prepped and, you know, has done this a lot of times and probably thinks most journalists are idiots. But she made some very interesting points. <laughs> the audience are laughing. Um, she made some very interesting points about kind of how, you know, you've got to kind of follow where the market is going and, and startups are a big part of uh, Estonia's GDP and will continue to play a massive role there. And we, I think one of the more interesting things was we spoke about one of the big challenges that Estonia faces. And that's that, you know, you need to bring all this international talent in to feed your startups. But funnily enough, a lot of people who aren't from Estonia do not know how to speak Estonian. And then, you know, in, in a country with not millions and millions of people, that influx can have a big impact. So, you know, what, what role do startups need to play there? Do people who join Estonian startups really need to learn Estonian? I think that's, you know, that's obviously not a dynamic that startups based in the UK or the US have, or even much, much bigger markets like France and Germany. So I thought that was a very interesting conundrum. So do you and I need to learn Estonian if we want to report more on the region? I don't think so, but if we wanted to join an Estonian startup, I think we should play our part and learn some Estonian. Noted. Yeah. So obviously you and I have been focused on Sifted Sessions Tallinn quite a lot this week, but what else has Sifted been focused on? So we had a story published on the site today, which everyone should check out, which is about a new fund called the 10X Fund, which has launched in Germany. And it's part of, I think, this ongoing trend for founders to group together and set up funds. So it is a 160 million euro fund investing pre-seed to Series A all over Europe. So Estonian startups, you could hit them up. And there's six general partners who are all German founders who've now turned investors and they've raised the fund entirely from other founders so there are 200 
founders who've put the money into the fund. So it's not, it's different from a kind of angel syndicate because, you know, people don't pick and choose what the fund then invests in, but it's all operator money. And it's not the only one. There's also one called the Galleon Project, which launched really recently in France. There's Buy Founders in the Nordics, which is a bit different, but it just feels like there's this movement where, as we've been discussing today, like founders and operators more and more want to give back, make money, group together. Um, and I think that's just going to be really interesting to watch. How is it different from the other sort of funds? What are they looking at doing because they are founders? I guess it's a similar thing to what we were talking about here earlier that you've just got, as um, Sten Tamkiwi said on stage earlier, you know, you've got the scar tissue, you've kind of been there, you've done that. That's a very different perspective from a VC. But also, as a point was made on the panel earlier, um, you know, sometimes it is useful to have people with solid banking, financial management consultancy type backgrounds. That's another pretty useful perspective. Okay, are they all men though, Amy? Uh, yes, all of the six general partners are men. Standard. And um, they have a bunch of mentors and seven out of 48 of them are women. So Germany, not not doing so well on the gender diversity. I think they had one female partner at a VC firm not that long ago. And now there's a handful, but you know, for a big market always vying between second and third in terms of investment, they've, they've got some work to do. Back to Estonia. So now we have Kaidi Ruselep, who is the president of the Estonian Founders Society, joining us to explain a bit about why Estonia is such a magical land of unicorns and what are some of the challenges that the ecosystem faces ahead. So, Kaidi. Yes. Estonia, just over a million people, as I'm sure all of you know. 1,300 startups and 10 unicorns. How on earth are you this unicorn-producing machine? Yes, yes, we are the unicorn-producing machine, and, and not the <laughs> unicorn-producing machine. We call ourselves the land of uh, unicorns. I think it's three components that actually set the scene here. First, our education which is very strongly STEM-focused. And if you think about the STEM, then STEM is about complexity of the problems. It's about problem-solving. It's about logical thinking, and that is very crucial for the tech, for the entrepreneurship, for, for solving the problems what all the startups do here in Estonia. The second, we had both the uh, Skype and Playtech effect. And all the founding tech people, both the Skype and, and Playtech, were Estonians. And um, we had an experience through those two first unicorns of Estonia, what it means to build and work for the um, global tech companies. And if you think about the uh, next uh, layer of the uh, startups born out of and funded, by the um, Skype and Playtech people, then uh, Wise and, and Starship, and now the third generation of, of the companies born out of uh, the Wise already, for example. Like, we're going to hear about uh, Grünfin, Lightyear, Salva here, so that's, that's the second. And maybe the third is, is something that has to do uh, with the land here. We have no mineral resources, nothing, nothing. We have nothing except the brains. 
So if, if you're a small country, you ha have to use the only natural resource, what you have, and that's the brain. So, so we've, we've done it nicely. And it also feels to me that there's something quite special in terms of people investing back or supporting each other. Why is that? Are you Estonians just especially helpful <laughs> people? Or? I, I think they put something in the water, what we drink here in this country. <laughs> I think the whole culture here in Estonia was about not only doing good ourselves, but if the community does well, I do well. And that's the attitude uh, here. And, and the Estonian Founders Society is also one of a kind in the whole world because it's non-profit organization. The founders help founders. We help the uh, young founders. We help each other. We help to do the networking. We help to solve the problems. So, so that's, that's this understanding that you give back to the community and the community gives back to you. And, and it doesn't start at first. You all have to serve me. And then I'm going to start thinking if I give back to the society. Yeah. And one of your ministers has set a goal of 25 unicorns by 2025. Is that going to happen? And what, what needs to happen to ensure that well, you know, in, in the startup, uh, we are all about the exponential growth. So this year, uh, those who know the numbers uh, of, of Estonian uh, startup scene, but uh, if we convert euros into uh, US, then Estonian startups this 2022, the first quarter, have raised close to $1 billion dollars. For, for, that's a massive uh, number. And we introduced two new unicorns this year. So if you think about the exponential growth, I think it's doable. Yeah. And they count for, startups account for 3% of GDP at the moment. If you think about this state budget, uh, we put it into the state budget, the Estonian state budget, the early state budget is 13 billion. So 1 billion new capital raised by startup companies and the um, revenue generated by the companies is close to half a billion. So those numbers really add on to the country, to yeah. the economy. And, and, uh, and how is that kind of close relationship with the government and those ties, how has that come about? And I guess, why does the government care so much about startups? First of all, they come from the same background, so we're all uh, come from, from the same uh, education system, so they understand also that what is the chances of Estonia to, to play big in, in the global arena. So tech has been a strong player, but actually the first ever start of, of Estonia, if, if we could say so, has not been Skype. But this Estonian, e-Estonia, is, is the uh, public sector which uh, introduced uh, tech when Estonia regained the independence, the smart usage of technology in, in solving all these complex problems of, of the public sector and, and serving the citizens the way we do here in Estonia. That gave the confidence for the politicians and state leaders that uh, that's a route uh, we should take. With one exception, we had very supportive uh, governments and, right. and state leaders. And then, I guess, on a slightly more somber note, we were talking last night at the speakers' dinner about why it's important to have events like this in this part of the world 
at the moment, you know, we, we had Omicron hit us when we were in London. And then I think about as soon as we signed the venue, Russia invaded mm-hmm. Ukraine, which, you know, in London, people were sort of a little bit concerned about our choice to go to Tallinn. But we said, no, mm-hmm. we're doing it. Why does that matter? Yeah, very good, very brain and brave and, and obviously uh, complimenting shifted. It's the best ever first location choice you could, you could ever make. So Tallinn. Very good choice. Uh, yes, Estonia, I mean, you can do better. It's, I think it's, it's morning. Um, <laughs> obviously, I mean, you have an, in, in Estonia, we have aggressor as the neighbor. And that's a big thing. And especially when you look outside and here in this uh, region, you see a huge country, a huge country that is in the war, that initiated the war, and tiny little Estonia next next to you. It's all the neighboring countries. And that has raised eyebrows from uh, many investors, uh, many clients, many potential partners and, and the existing partners. But your choice of actually coming here and our Q1 reports, the life goes as usual. And not only we do well, but we do exceptionally well and, and shifted having events here as this kind of, I wouldn't say a confidence, but actually uh, put the, puts a statement that the life goes on. Amazing. But there are some challenges ahead, right? What are some of the, the big things you think the ecosystem still needs to overcome? It's not, I wouldn't mention access to capital as, as the problem number one, because looking at the numbers, Estonian startups, they get access to capital. And I mean, Estonia is, is like a quality mark and Estonian startups are the quality mark. But when we talk about the capital, then A plus rounds is, is something what we don't have here locally. So all the VCs are more on the early stage uh, VCs. So in case A plus, B rounds, uh, VCs could set their grounds here in Estonia, that would be brilliant. But the problem number one for this sector is access to talent. So 1.3 million people and already 1,300 startups. So uh, we know that we already have to recruit from each other. <laughs> yeah. And, and that's, that's not okay, but you can't help it. So setting up a tech teams outside of Estonia, engineering teams, some marketing teams outside of Estonia, that's, that's the way to, to solve it. But still the access to talent and bringing in international talents, that's something we, we need to solve uh, urgently. And it's also notable that of your biggest, most valuable companies, none of them, am I right, are run by a woman. Wait till you see the new female founders. You're going to see a lot of them on the stage and you're going to see a lot of future unicorns on the stage. And you've, you've heard quite about quite many Estonian female founders. We are not the founders who build a e-commerce of lipsticks. It's a tech, deep tech, fintech, AI. This is what I think is pretty cool. Not that I think that the lipsticks are anyhow bad or, or any business that, that can, can find a good use, but think about all those super cool deep tech companies that are built by Estonian female founders. That's what I'm extremely proud of. Amazing. Thank you very much. Thank Heidi. you.
This podcast is brought to you by Zendesk for Startups. Zendesk helps startups build lasting customer experiences from day one. With the Zendesk for Startups program, startups get Zendesk customer support software for free for six months. You'll get access to expert advice and a community of founders and CX experts to help you build the foundation for long-term growth. Learn more and claim your six months free at zendesk.com forward slash sifted. Heidi, thank you, because that was a beautiful segue into the final section of the podcast where we're digging into another Estonian success story female founder, Trin Hartman, who's the founder of Grunvin, which is a sustainable investment platform. And Trin was also one of the very, very first employees of a little-known Estonian company called, as it was back then, TransferWise. Now, why? So Trin's really kind of seen the... And before that, at Skype, so Trin, you've been through all the generations of Estonian startups. So tell us a bit about Grunvin. What's the idea behind it? Why does the world need this thing? So going through this journey, what you mentioned, I, I came to the place in my, in my life where I, I didn't have to work anymore or I, I didn't have to do anything that I didn't want to do. Uh, so it took me a couple of years of filling my dreams. Eventually I thought that, okay, where is my time, resources, and experience most impactful. So I think that was something that I came to realize uh, that I want to do something that impacts the most that I can actually achieve in my life. And, and then I found my co-founder, Karin, who was a high-level executive of, uh, of a bank formerly. Uh, and as I like to say about her, she's a banker turned good. Um, and uh, we came together and, and thought about, okay, how can we combine our experiences and our mission to do something good into something that is both uh, beneficial, very simple, easy, and, and, and profitable for, for our customers? And that's how we eventually created uh, Grundfin. And what does it do? If I get it as a customer, what do I get? So I, I think it's a lifestyle choice. And as you know, money has a great impact. So if you are sustainable-minded and you, th- you think about every lifestyle choice that you make every day, by voting uh, with your money, you do the, m- the most impact by far. It's 20-25% higher impact than your other lifestyle choices that are sustainable. So where you put your pension money or where you invest your money, it actually affects your footprint 25 times more than all your other choices combined. So that's where we wanted to focus on. And uh, how we do it is we created this very simple and, and very good platform where you can be absolutely sure that we have selected the best sustainable impact funds in the world uh, to create you a portfolio for your investments. And so you went from being basically employee number one or employee number almost one to founder. What do you think... From, from having been on that side of the startup journey, what, what are you maybe doing differently from some other founders? Now you're the boss. I think it's very interesting to see, like Kaidi mentioned, like a lot of uh, great female founders are rising up in, uh, in Estonia now. But it's, it's, for me, it was a, like I had to gather a lot of experience. I had to gain financial independence. I had to be so sure of myself and my experience to actually become founder that it was so late in my life in a way. But of course, I can maybe 
avoid some mistakes now and I can, let's say, kind of see behind the corner. Like I know what's the next phase is going to be about or I see what's, uh, what's the next problems we're going to have to face. So I think that's, that's a good place to be. But it's maybe a little bit too careful of inner life. <laughs> right. And then finally, I guess, you've both spoke, Heidi and Jin, you've both spoken about female founders and you're both very involved in kind of supporting them. What more needs to be done to kind of get more and more big, big businesses built by women, led by women, led by women in a female way, which is not a bad thing. <laughs> so I'm, I'm super proud that in my portfolio of 20 startups, I'm, as I'm an angel investor myself, I have eight of 20 uh, work who are, which are founded by female. And uh, I want to keep it at least at that proportion. But what helps them? I think Leading by example, definitely. So I think women are a little bit more careful about taking big risks. But if they see role models or, or people doing that and they gain the confidence with experience, I think, why not? But it's about, if, if, if you think about like who have been in this stage today, I think it's like a 90, 20 uh, for, uh, for women, <laughs> which is, which is great. But uh, it actually gives this, uh, feeling for other women that, uh, well, why not me, I think. Amazing. Thank you very much to both of you. And let me find my final notes because that is all we have time for. If you want to hear more about what's unfolding in the world of European tech and startups, you can find our coverage on sifted.eu or you can follow us on Twitter, which is at siftedeu. Of course, if you want to hear more from me, which you definitely do, you should sign up for the Startup Life newsletter where we go behind the scenes of what it actually takes to build a startup like the ones we have heard from today. And of course, we have all the other fantastic newsletters. Yep, we also have a climate tech-focused newsletter and a fintech-focused newsletter relevant for what both of these wonderful women are working on. So let us know what you think of the Sifted podcast. Let us know what you thought of the live podcast experience. Is it one to repeat or not? And please join us next week. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much. There we go. (laughs) That was the live podcast. We did it. We made it happen.